Hi, I'm Crystal Andrews from Daily Mail Australia. And I'm Josh Moss, and you're listening to Obsessed, where we discuss the biggest moments in reality TV and try to figure out why we're all still so obsessed with watching normal people find fame on screen. In Season 1, we're talking all things Love Island Australia 2019. Okay, guys, welcome back. We are in the last two weeks of the show, Crystal. The final stretch. I never thought we'd get here. I know. Yeah, me as well. Me as well. We're starting to see a lot of development with the couples. You know, people are going, leaving, new couples forming. And still some late entries. Late entries. New people entering the villa right up until the last second just to, you know, stir up the pot. Yeah, exactly. Keep things moving. (laughs) It's good though because, you know, you want arrivals coming in, partnering off with people. You don't want them, you know, essentially becoming dead weight. So... The new arrivals that are coming, they're, they're forming connections quickly. so Quick um, and fast. Quick. I do think we have to address last episode and my very bold claim, which turned out to be very wrong. So Adam and Cartier are donezo. What about the fan pages that you're mentioning? What about, you know, the golden couple of Australia? They're all really heartbroken. They're all posting these compilation clips with yes. sad music behind it, the Titanic theme song. You know, it's just, it's, it's blue out there. Yeah. We're heartbroken. Yeah, it's sad, you know. On one hand, I wanted to see those two go all the way to the end and, you know, even post-show, I thought it'd be such an amazing fairy tale like you know, scenario if they could make it through and go on as a couple. But on the other hand, I was looking at those two and thinking, I can't see a spark there. You two are so different. And, you know, sometimes opposites attract and that can work. But for me, I was just seeing too many red flags of them coming together as one couple. It seemed like the others in the villa saw it as well because Jared gave an exit interview when he obviously left the villa. He was asked about who his pick was to win and he said, I don't think it's going to be Jared and Cartier. I think it's going to be Josh and Anna because he said that he was also seeing some things which sort of led him to believe it wasn't as stable as everybody else thought. So I guess they're seeing it 24-7 and kind of have a better read on it than I did. Yeah, he didn't even like he jumped straight to Anna and Josh. He was yeah. like not, and I was like, hang on, that's a bit odd because everyone else was thinking, you know, Adam and Cartier, they're the golden couple. Like, let's, you know, pray for them. Let's hope they go all the way. As I said, I was sort of seeing cracks in their relationship. It was a bit weird though, because they were going so solid up mm-hmm. until the hideaway. The hideaway. And then it felt like they came out as different people. You know, Cartier was still obviously all in, but Adam kind of looked like he was holding back a bit. And he sort of, it looked like he saw Cartier in a different light and he wasn't like fixated with her. He just turned so cold. And look, as a straight woman, he did the thing that so many guys do when you're dating, which is like, it's all hot. It's all on. And they're chasing you. And he was like, oh, she's the best, best personality. There's no one like Cartier. She's the only girl for me. Didn't even look at the bomb squad when they walked in. And then like the flipping of a switch He's just off her. He doesn't want to chase. He doesn't want to hold her hand. He's not interested. And Cartier is left wondering what the hell happened. It was fine. Everything was fine. It was progressing along. And then he literally just changed his mind. That's what it felt like to me. He just changed his mind. Now, I'm Why gonna, do you all do this? I'm going to ask a question. So they obviously spent a night in the hideaway. A few of my friends were asking me this. Do you think he hit the home run? Uh, to keep it PG. And then then do you think that maybe he, you know, for whatever reason, it just wasn't what he imagined it would be. Maybe they didn't, you know, sparks went flying and he sort of thought, he woke up and sort of thought, maybe this isn't what I thought it was going to be like. Do you think? I don't know. I don't think that he hit the home run. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to say it in like the most, I don't know, that's a cringeworthy way. Look, I don't think that they went there, but I do think you might be 
close to the truth there in that maybe being separate from all of the other islanders in what feels like, you know, Anna said it when she came back from the hideaway with Josh, it felt like we were, you know, a couple on holiday. It felt like just us. So having a little moment of what feels like a potential reality just woke him up to the fact of, hang on a second, how is this actually going to work when it is just the two of us on the outside? We have really different values. I'm going to assume that Cartier want to take things quite slow and maybe he wasn't into that. Yeah, it's like you said, I guess when you have a bit of alone time, because it's so rare in the villa, you know, there's always stuff happening. There's always people being silly, people jumping in the pool, you know, whatever. There's stuff going on. It's kind of like you're so distracted all the time. You're not really just present with one person. So like when you have that time in the hideaway, you know, coming from experience, it's just one-on-one and you do get to see what they're like away from the group. And you can sort of picture yourself life post show with them in that one-on-one environment. You know, you've got, you know, there's a glass of champagne there. There's, you know, it's a nice secluded room and you get to just talk to each other about your lives, what you want to do after the show and sort of the conversations that would be more difficult to have when there's, you know, five, six other people in a group around a circle, you know, it's a different sort of vibe one-on-one. And maybe Adam spoke to Cartier and was just really reassessing how this is even going to work on the outside. So do you think that it's 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 definitely over between them? I was going to ask you. I was like, over. it's over. No, it's, it's over. so over. He does really seem to be one of those people who loves the social element. Like now I don't even know if he's super interested in finding anyone in the villa, to be honest. He just loves hanging out. He's very much for the boys, isn't he? Like he, he seems to feed off that social energy. And like you say, activities, people, you know, mucking around, jumping in the pool, he likes that more than he likes any of the actual romantic elements of the show that he signed up for. Yeah, and it, it, it felt like a little bit of a cop-out when he was saying to Cartier, oh, you know, I'm just not feeling, um, there's nothing new happening in the villa, you know, I'm, I, it's so stagnant in here, there's no spark. And I felt like he was almost trying to push blame it on the villa and nothing new happening or, you know, no t- new topics to talk about was why the relationship failed. Whereas I seem to think that it was more, it probably just fizzled out. Like, let's be real. That- yeah. I'm so glad you said that because he did, he was kind of phrasing it in a way like, oh, nothing's <laughs> happening for us in here. Like, mate, okay, make something happen. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. you know, yeah. Aaron's been in there less time than you and he set up that little date for Cynthia, which that is so, so nice. cute. So like, so why can't Adam do something like that? It was a massive shifting of the blame for the fact that he just changed his mind and it was also you know if you think it's not going to work in the villa you know well maybe try it on the outside why don't you guys leave and and give it a crack but that definitely wasn't on the cards for him yeah speaking of not working in the villa um matt you know (laughs) people are saying that he's not working because he's too emotional and he's always upset and he's crying what's your thoughts on that do you think that matt is being too emotional or do you think he's had a really rough time in the villa and it's kind of understandable he was so cut by margarita (laughs) saying that she wasn't interested because he looked too emotional i don't think that's fair to brand him too emotional only because I don't know what that experience is like and you can definitely speak to that much better than me like it seems a very intense emotional environment and adrenaline's high all the time you know every time someone gets a text they're like wired because you don't know what's going to happen so some people just deal with that 
in different ways than others, right? Yeah, 100%. And I feel like, you know, as much of a joke as pe- some of the girls are making out in the villa, like it's the macho and, you know, he thinks everything is about him. He has had a bit of a rough ride, you know. There has been a few girls that it hasn't worked out with. You know, we can all sit there and say, yeah, but that's the show. But, you know, everyone reacts differently. And I feel like Matt's an all-in type of guy. He, You know, when he's, you know, even with his friendships, you can see he's sort of all-in, you know, um, when he's talking with Anna or, you know, whatever he's doing. I feel like he's invested a lot of time time a lot of his energy into these relationships and when they fail he's kind of sitting there thinking you know he's kind of losing a bit of himself every time and I I did find it really really funny when he was saying you know this new girl Marguerite is not into me because I'm too emotional and now I'm crying because she thinks I'm too emotional which is proving that I am too emotional that was so funny he's caught in this cycle he was spiraling big time has Matt cried a lot yes I think it's (laughs) I think it's okay I think that you know he has invested a lot and he hasn't really got a lot in return Mm. maybe the right girl hasn't come in for him yet and you know I I agree with you I think it's fine that he's obviously emotional and you know his reaction is to cry there's nothing wrong with that at all that's not a worthy criticism what is a worthy criticism is I think he's massively self-centered He's so self-obsessed. And the reason that he cries is because his ego gets bruised. Again, maybe nothing wrong with with crying as a reaction to that. But it's only like just about what happens to him. And I really do feel like he thinks the purpose of the show is to find him specifically a love match. I don't agree that he's had a rough ride. Like he could have dropped Vanessa earlier if he wanted to. He's had quite a few opportunities to make connections with other contestants. The other guys in the villa are so matey and friendly with him that they're almost to the point of like letting him have his pick at anybody new who comes in. Like, Matt, get it together. And if it's not working, maybe it's just not the environment for you. Maybe you're just not cut out for the villa and stop making it about you. Yeah, and like what's your thoughts on the whole Isabel and Matt situation? Mm. Because he's really going at her saying, you know, you lied, you deceited, you know, the only reason you're in the villa is because you played this character and pretended to like me. I feel like that is a little bit overboard. I feel like, okay, we, we get it. You know, it didn't work out between you two. But at the end of the day, she didn't do anything outrageous. You know, there wasn't a huge scandal. She wasn't lying to two guys and playing you. And, you know, Ab- absolutely. Yeah. That is the perfect example of him being so self obsessed. It's because he perceives a slight that he thinks she's done something wrong. She'd literally been in the villa for like a couple of days. Like how big can your, how deep can your connection with her really be? She did what was right for her. You know, it's, he's slagging her off massively. It makes me so uncomfortable. That whole challenge with what were people saying about you behind (laughs) your back? Brilliant, by the way, a brilliant challenge to run in the show. But the comments he was making about her, those like little snide side comments were just gross it wasn't even like they weren't even joking it was like a personal attack yeah it went went once and I was like okay and then it went twice three times four times and I was like come on give it a break like we get it you're you know you're salty that it didn't work out but move on I know it's hard for Matt because he's been you know he's been brushed by a few girls but come on like Isabel's just trying to find a connection the same way you are so I don't feel like she's done anything that bad and didn't deserve to be grilled like that but the other lads as well they were sort of backing him up too they were really full on and she seems to be trying to rise above it and just not get involved you know just focus on her relationship with Blake hanging out with the girls but they just keep dragging her back into it and she just seems really uncomfortable (laughs) where does Matt go from here 
home. <laughs> I'm I'm massively off, off him. I, I just think he's he's drawing a lot of tension to himself. And yeah, as I said, he just thinks the purpose of the show is to find him personally a girlfriend. Something else that is irritating and in getting old really quick. You is seem Luke. irritated. You're really irritated I'm this week. I'm just ticked off. But Luke and Cassie, why are we still having this conversation? I don't get it. Are they together or are they not together? They're definitely not together. I think, you know, from what I'm understanding, I feel like those two realize they're not compatible. They're not going to work out, but there's still some sort of feelings for them and they still care about each other. So, you know, when, when one of them says a comment that might be, you know, a little bit offensive, they're going to take it a lot more personal because there is still some sort of, you know, feelings and, you know, they're both interested in each other. They just know it's not going to work out. So that argument they had, though, was was quite odd, wasn't it? He was out of line even bringing it up. What do you think? Yeah, he was out of line. He didn't want to have the conversation, though. Like, Cassie pulled him aside and was like, I want to talk to you about this. And, and Luke was like, I don't want to go here, Cassie. And Cassie sort of said it one or two more times. He's like, oh, now I have to go here. Yeah. On one hand, I'm like, Luke was probably a bit out of line to call her, you know, say that she's not emotionally ready for a relationship and to say, you know, to be quite a little bit mean in that sort of way. But I feel like what he's saying was kind of true. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, like, really? I felt it was true, but you don't need to say it to someone. I don't think Cassie is ready for a relationship. As as brutal and as heavy as that is to say, I feel like it is the truth. He was kind of cornered because she was, you know, Cassie was saying, you know, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. And Luke was like, I don't want to tell you because then I'm going to look like a tool. And then he did. And then he did look like yeah. a tool and he knew he looked like a tool. So it was like oh, he was kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. I guess in his defense, he did then come back and apologize. But this is where I just don't understand, like, if they are not together then why are they wasting their energy fighting with each other? Like if your mates be mates and if you're not, pursue whatever it is, this weird like thing that you've got in there, but it doesn't seem to be worth getting in a big blow up about whether or not Cassie's ready for a relationship when you don't want to be in a relationship with her. So then why does it matter if she's ready for <laughs> one or really not, right? Sense. Yeah. I mean, Luke's vibing Margarita. so And Cassie doesn't like that. It's like, you don't like Luke. <laughs> yeah. This is just so annoying. Yeah. I think those two need to kind of accept. They have accepted the fact. That's why I'm like, I don't even know where to go from here for them. They haven't let friends. go. They have not let go. Margarita, what do we think of the new girl? Do we like her? Do we not like her? I mean, she seems great. The boy's eyes were just about popping out of their heads when she walked in. <laughs> yeah. And it brings us to a really interesting point because I feel anyway, I don't know if you agree with me, that is kind of a double standard in the way the guys behave in there and the standard that they hold the girls to because, yeah, they were all like pretty keen to ogle, you know, ogle a slice of margarita. And then when the bombs came in as well, with the exception of Adam and Josh, again, they were all really keen to get to know them. But when... Blake and Todd came in, the guys were so off all the girls for even talking to them. It was like, how dare they? What's good for the goose isn't good for the gander. Yeah, I know. It's one of those things that like you, you, you're you happy to blame the other, you know, the person you're in a couple who said, you guys, you guys perked up. You know, you were so energetic when that new person came in. But then as soon as the, the tables switch, you don't really put yourself in the other person's shoes because then you're, you know, you're meeting the New Islander and you find yourself, you're not even trying to, but you you gather this energy when you meet someone new in the villa because it's like, I don't know, it's like flicking on your favourite TV show at night after a hard day's work because that's the only thing new coming in. So like, <laughs> I don't know, that's like You're just like, I know everybody else in here I, already. We've just been hanging out straight for, you know, weeks and weeks on end. Oh my God, a shiny new person. Exactly. It's like, I know everything about you, you know what I mean? So when someone new comes in, it's kind of cool. You can learn about them and um, find out who they are, which is 
It's it's new in there and it doesn't sound like much, but in there it's, you really get excited for that. Yeah, but it's not fair. What they're doing isn't <laughs> I fair. I know, I know, I know. But And even with Cassie, like, you know, she's copying all this heat for whether or not she's had loads of boyfriends, but did everyone go as hard after Matt when he had that list of over 100 conquests that he'd, that he'd made? Like, I don't really remember anyone being as tough on him apart from Vanessa and we all know how that ended for her. That wasn't Matt's fault. That was the cloud's fault. You know, oh, when you that's change, right. You the phone and you change the phone. Apple. No, he says he keeps, dooming us all. No, he keeps a number of everything. He's got 97 button-up shirts. So, like, he just keeps numbers, you know. Oh, He's a numbers an guy. <laughs> that was bad, though. That was bad. Now I want to talk about money. We have had a really good run of stories on Daily Mail, actually, about what influencers and quite specifically reality TV stars who've become, I guess, influencers and uh, minor celebrities in their own right, what they can make off a social media following. And some of the figures blew my mind. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to read you some of these numbers because... Like, I, I don't know if I believe them. So there's a site called Influencer Fee, which basically, I don't know how they do it, but they're estimating how much people would be able to make off their following Scientific per formula. post. It's the algorithm. Best scientists in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> so they're saying Tammy Hembrow, who has 10 million followers, and that's friggin' massive, especially yeah. for an Australian, yeah. that she can command over $26,000 per post. Martha from Maps, who has around 289,000 followers, they reckon she'll get about 700 per post. Kira Maguire from The Bachelor, she gets around 1,500 per post, allegedly. But the best story of all was the exclusive that we had with Jessica Power, who actually came into our offices to do an interview and talk about all of this. She was talking about her lifestyle, what she makes from Instagram. She says that she makes $10,000 a week on paid endorsements. I mean, Jessica Powell's name is coming up more than Love Island Islanders in this uh, podcast. So she's I come love up talking about <laughs> yeah. her. I find her fascinating. Yeah, I think Tammy Hambrow would be quite legitimate. I, I'm not sure the exact figures, but 26000 per post, she would be earning a lot of money. What about Jess Powell though? 10000 bucks a week. Yeah, uh, I think Jess Powell's probably just after a, a screen grab for an article saying stuff like that. Well, uh, she got it. <laughs> she got it, exactly. She got what she wanted. $10,000 a week. I mean, how many followers does she have? I think I looked before, 108K? No, she's got way more than that. Oh, no, sorry, sorry, 212K. Yeah, she's got She's got well over 200,000 followers. Yeah. What really gets me is that she's saying not only does she make a shitload of money from Instagram, but also she doesn't have a lot of expenses because so much stuff gets sent to her. So it's like not like she's buying clothes or buying makeup products because it all gets sent to her. I don't, I don't pay when I go out because I get invited places. I don't pay for my outfits or my clothing. And everyone's going to sit here and go, what a bitch. But that's some of the perks of being a <laughs> I need to learn to shut up. I mean, it's not like you can... Um influence your rent though i mean you can't influence like your car you influence your petrol i mean you still got to live and buy things you know what i mean like i feel like she does say though she's like one of the few expenses that i do have is like my mortgage and she's investing in property and things like that so those expenses obviously she can't subsidize (laughs) (laughs) but it's all the other stuff in life you know like eating out and drinking and Attending events, I don't know. Yeah, like coming from obviously I do obviously a bit of influencing as well. And like it's not – you don't get everything for free. Yes, we get, you know, a lot of clothes and we get some cool products and, you know, we might get the odd dinner here and there for free as well. But Jess wouldn't be getting – you know, she's not going down 
down the road and getting everything for free, groceries and stuff like that. So you definitely still have to pay for things like a normal person. If Coles wanted to sponsor your life and send you groceries, would you do it? (laughs) Every week, your groceries every week. It all depends on like with, with promo and stuff like that. It all depends on what the brand or the company wants out of you. So for instance, let's just say Coles want to give me free shopping. You got to work out how much shopping is going to cost you a week and how much, you know, how many stories they want, how many posts do they want? You know, how many plugs do they actually want? That's why Jess here saying she doesn't pay for a single thing. I don't believe that because there's no way Jess is going to throw up three posts a day for a, um, one grocery shop. You have to like balance it. You yeah. can't just spam people with like advertising basically. Yeah. yeah. And there's no way Jess is earning $10,000 a week from um, being an Instagram model. There's no way. It's interesting to me because I don't know. I feel like if you're really in demand and you have lots of brands wanting to work with you, like one, obviously, as you said, you have to balance like how many you take on and what the brands are and whether they're a good fit for you. But it also to me seems like the equivalent of running a small business, right? Like you're having to manage all of these different things and you are how you make money. But then I don't get why people don't see it that way. Like we get lots of comments on Daily Mail articles that's like, you know, oh, you know, these people, like they don't do anything, making money for doing nothing. Like you're not really doing nothing. You have to do quite a bit. Yeah, I think the whole thing of why there is such a bad stigma with influencers and social media is because it is a relatively new industry. You know, it's only, what, five years old, I'd say max. And people from the outside, it's like with everyone's everyone's Instagrams, you're only going to put the best on your page. So like your life isn't what is on your Instagram page. You know, you're not flying in a helicopter to work or you're not, um, you know... I don't know, going to the Bahamas every second week for a holiday, you know. So people look at Instagram and they see all these amazing things and they go, oh, that's literally their life. Like, that's so unfair. Like, I'm sitting, whatever you're doing, you know. I'm we sitting. take it so literally. Yeah, you're like, that's their life and they're complaining about it. And m- my belief is if you're complaining about influencing, you don't deserve to be influencing because it is, you know, it's a privilege to be able to do that stuff and get paid for it. I don't condone people who complain about it and sit mm. there and go, oh, this is so annoying. I've got to get a photo here and like oh like my life's so hard like it's not not hard at all like so i think that there's a stigma with it when you look at someone's profile you go oh, how good is their life like mm. it's some fans and it probably is a little bit of like you know a little bit of envy thinking like why can't i go to all these amazing holiday places or you know wear that bikini get paid for it or wear the board shorts or whatever so i think that there is a bad stigma because of the whole yeah. presence of social media and there's a good point in that like you know you recently did what looks like from social media, an amazing trip to Broome, right? And that could seem to people like, you know, oh, wow, he's living this charmed life. But let's not forget that was a trip for a brand. It was work. You didn't get to go with your mates. Like you weren't in Broome for a weekend with Amelia, your girlfriend, like having a fat old time. You are working. Yeah, and only through premium economy. I didn't fly. (laughs) No, like... No, exactly. And like from the outside, that trip, you know, that trip was amazing and it was really cool to see somewhere new of Australia. But like from the outside, it looks like I was just kicking back by the pool all day and like going for a swim, going to the beach, you know, riding on camels, you know, you know, and I did all those things. But at the same time, like we were there doing a job as well. Like we're advertising the brand or, you know, I was advertising the phone Huawei. Um, Creating content. Yeah, exactly. And like where they're getting the most out of us. So it's not like where they're kicking back by the pool. Like we were doing things, you know, using the phone, you know, they were getting content as well. So we were busy doing stuff. I know that sounds like, oh yeah, how hard you're busy like holidaying. But like I'm saying I loved it, but it was still like pretty full on. Like we were doing a lot of stuff. So yeah, yeah no, I get it. 
I'd, I'd defend you if anyone came for you. Do you get much backlash when you post like sponsored stuff or not really? You're never pleasing everyone. So whatever I do, I always get some, you know, get a bit of hate mail. But I, I find it's only about 10%, maybe less than that. And a lot of it's just ridiculous anyway. Like, Doesn't even make sense. I'm trying to think. Like you do something you would never – like I had a story of me putting on sunscreen. They were like, do you know how bad sunscreen is for coral? You like – you thoughtless prick or something <gasps> like that. I'm like, oh my God, I can't win here. There's always something that's going to tick someone off. That's all not true as well, by the way. Oh, it's massively, yeah, it's really? massively trumped up. Yes, yeah, it's, it's fine. And we do a lot more to destroy the reef than sunscreen does. So wow. anyway, side note. I'll reply to that DM then. Yeah. I'll go back to it and reply to it. I'll, I'll give you the link. Thanks so much. Hit them with the facts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, last topic I want to touch on for this episode is the cast list, well, the rumoured cast list, I suppose, for the new Bachelor in Paradise season has been leaked. Lots of familiar faces on there, as you might imagine. We've got Kira Maguire. Apparently, Abby Chatfield's coming back for round two, which I find very interesting. She was the girl who was making out with Matt in the... Yeah, yeah, and she she copped a lot of backlash. heat after she left. Yeah. Poor love. Yeah. And as well as Kieran Stott and Jamie Doran, Doran from the current that. season of The Bachelorette all going back in to have another crack. I find this so fascinating because, like, I mean, one, would you do another reality TV show now? It depends on the show. Do you know what I mean? Like, I obviously would never do another dating show. Um, but all that, these people are coming back to do another dating show. Dating show, dating reality show, I feel would be is is probably the hardest because it's your emotions on the line, and you you know you have constantly having to try and find a partner out there. So it's really you know I think that's one of the hardest things in life is to find you know a partner. Someone. So like when it's in that environment, it's even harder. My question is why? Like why do these people come back time and time again? If you were going to do one, why would you do it? You got to remember with these shows, like. Everyone's thinking, how can you meet the one on these shows? But everyone on these shows are like-minded people. You know, everyone on the shows loves to take a selfie. They love to go to the gym. They love to, you know, tan with the coconut oil. Like, so they're all like, like-minded people. So you're putting the same people in in an environment where they can meet each other. So it'll be like a whole bunch of gamers who play COD or Game of Warfare and they, you know, go to a convention together. You know, you could meet your soulmate there. Like, it's a similar okay, sort of thing. so it's kind of like a reality TV convention. <laughs> yeah. It's a conference, the annual conference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In so Fiji. Like- One of my colleagues actually said, like, oh, Kira, why is she doing it again? I was like, yeah, but remember, it worked last time because she was with Jared for like nearly two years after that. So actually she's had some success. It makes sense that she might want to go back again and give another crack. Yeah, well, she might have her most successful dating scene in the reality TV world. So like she might think I've got a better success ratio going on a reality TV show. How many is too many? Because this will be her third. Actually, there's a few contestants on this series that it'll be like their third time. (laughs) Well, this is the tough one about this one because Batchy and Paradise, you can literally just keep going back on and back on and back on. At what point does it get boring for us to watch? Probably never if they're a good character. (laughs) Probably doesn't. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you keep, if you threw on like Grant Crap into this season, I'd still watch him because he's good to watch. The same people who are interesting to watch, they're always going to be interesting to watch. I know what you're saying, though. It's like we've seen it, we've seen it all before with these, with the same people, but, you know, they are, they're bringing something great to the table every time. And there's a reason they keep getting asked to come back because it's, it works. Do you know what I mean? Well, we've got two weeks of Love Island to go. Let's leave it on. What's the one thing that you want to see happen before the end of the show? What's the one thing I want to see? I want to see more couples form. At the moment, there's so many up in the air. And as we know, the finale has the last three couples. We only have two couples at the moment. So how's that's not really going to work. You don't want to have... The last thing you want is to have a friendship couple 
in the final three. Yeah. I mean, that would be really weird. So I want to see more couples form. I feel like if, you, if you're dead weight and you're in the friend zone, I think we need to move them along. You know, yeah. I think their time's up. What do you want to see, Crystal? I want to see a really big grand gesture like by one of the couples, kind of like what Eden and Erin did oh, last season. Yeah. You know how there was that thing and he yeah. got he got all you guys involved and just looked like fun, that you know really what I mean? Fun. It looked like a lot of fun and it was just a big, nice, sweet gesture. Something like what Aaron did for Cynthia but on like a much bigger scale and like get everybody really involved and just give us this, you know, nice TV moment that we're all craving. I reckon we'd, we could see that for sure. Because like it hasn't had one of those big moments Hasn't yet. happened I yet. Think, yeah, I think we'll see one of those for sure in the next few days. Hopefully that's what we get. Fingers crossed. Thank you guys so much for listening to Obsessed. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And make sure you head to Daily Mail Australia for the biggest, best and juiciest Love Island and reality TV coverage on the internet. <laughs> <laughs>